Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Only 16% of Central Florida teens are receiving information about sexual health from their parents. So if you're here and you're a parent, you need to be teaching them at a young age. That isn't our rule. This is, I mean, I'm doing this because many of our kids don't have parents that will talk to them about this from a biblical standpoint. But you can understand that. You can know what that is. Now, next statement you want to write. Understand that we can be immoral and not touch another person. It's difficult to talk to your own kids about sex, but like it or not, your kids are hearing about sex. Through advertising, through the shows and movies they watch, they're being given a viewpoint about sex, and it's not the one that God wants them to have. Pastor Mark's teaching today about God's ideal for sex and sexuality. He'll be talking about the naturalness of sex and how Christ followers should think about the sexuality of their lives. You'll learn that the Bible has answers for every part of your life, sex included. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 13 as he continues his message, Sex, Inside and Outside of Marriage. Any homosexual or lesbian practice is always condemned in the Bible. And yet, what are we going to vote on in here in Florida? The marriage amendment that says what? We believe it's between one man and one woman. Why do we believe that? Because God believes it. It doesn't mean we hate these people, but they can't define marriage. God already did. Now, notice it says they'll suffer all kinds of penalties. We've just discovered that our estimates of HIV in the United States are lower. This is in the USA to a couple other places. The estimates in 2006, new HIV in the United States, 56,000 new cases in the United States. Notice, what were most of them from? Male to male. See, before we didn't have this arranging thing of male homosexuality, we didn't have the HIV. We didn't have this. It's related to that. And of course, what happens? The man who is secretly a homosexual comes home and has sex with his wife, and guess what? Then you have 31% high-risk heterosexual contact. She gets AIDS from her husband, doesn't know he's having relationships with the man. Notice what the Bible says. Your sin will find you out. By the way, drug use is huge with it, with needles. You say, what is the age group? 13. 13 to 34. 34%. Okay. You say, well, Pastor Mark, people say they have a tendency for a man to love a man and a woman to love a woman. They may have. By the way, it is not genetic. I don't ever believe that'll be proven, ever. God didn't make it that way. But I want to say this to you. I have a tendency to sin. Do you? Only three of you in the room have a tendency to sin? (laughs) 
I have an old sin nature in me, don't you? And so if it's alcohol, if it's drugs, if it's illegal sex, or if it's sex, even after I'm married with another woman, I have to say what? No. Notice back in this verse, then each of you will control his old body, his own body. So why in this church do all our male pastors have a rule? They can never counsel a woman in their office alone. Why do we do that? Because we're men. I trust every one of these guys. I trust myself. But I don't trust Satan. And so we put moral fences around us. If I'm going to counsel a woman, any of our pastors are going to counsel a woman. There'll be another woman on our staff in with them. And by the way, we normally don't counsel women long term. Why? Because I don't want a relationship developing. I want you to know I love my wife with every part of my being. And every pastor here loves their wife. You need to know that. If you're here trying to get one of us pastors, you ain't going to do it. It ain't going to happen. Now, I know you're after me. There's no question about it. Yeah. Yeah. 64-year-old guy, give me a break. All right. I'll run you down. I'll run you down. So... God provides us with the power, whether it's drugs, alcohol, homosexual tendency, what he provides us with the power to say no to Satan. I can't do it in myself, but God provides us with the power. Next, look at verse 23. You would think this is very strange, but there's websites all over the web with this. Verse 23, do not have sexual relations with an animal and defile yourself with it. A woman must not present herself to an animal to have sexual relations with it. That is a perversion. Say, Pastor Mark, this is in the Bible? Yes. Why is it in the Bible? Because the nations around Israel were practicing it. And when you go away from God's design, the door is open to whatever. God's approved? I think not. Larry Crabb has a great saying. He said, the world is splashing around in a puddle. Sexuality outside of marriage. The world is splashing around in a puddle while God provides an ocean of pleasure. Tyler Tucker. All right. Now, what about a teenager, a student, a single adult? What should you be doing? What kind of lifestyle? What does it look like while you're preparing yourself for marriage? How far is too far? I thought this was interesting. One million teenagers will get pregnant in 2008. Only 16% of Central Florida teens are receiving information about sexual health from their parents. So if you're here and you're a parent... You need to be teaching them at a young age. That isn't our role. This is, I mean, I'm doing this because many of our kids don't have parents that will talk to them about this from a biblical standpoint. But you can understand that. You can know what that is. Now, next statement you want to write. Understand that we can be immoral and not touch another person. Matthew 5, 27. You have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. Jesus said this, 
But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So it's not just about the touching. You see, God looks on our heart. And so I can be a virgin, but really filled with lust. My heart dirty. You can have pastors that can be teaching you perfectly fine at home with their wives, but they're hooked on pornography. Not touching anybody, but their heart is wicked. Not a touch. Nothing physical, spiritual, emotional. Next comment, especially for you teenagers, you need to write this. There is no condom for the heart. You see, our schools will teach safe sex, all of these kind of things, condoms and all the different things, a pill, the million ways to do it. But guys, there is no condom from the heart. Notice Matthew 15, 19. From, for from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. Now, and I don't have time other than to just cursory mention this. A lot of people believe that pornography, in, for instance, and masturbation are helpful in preventing a person from having sex. Okay, Pastor Mark, I'm a young person. I know I don't want to have sex. And so to do that, I'm going to look at pornography and I'm going to masturbate. That's going to prevent me from having sex. I think that's the wrong attitude. You see, having sex is not just physical, but it is about our mind and our heart. For instance, if you watch pornography, it's impossible to watch it without lust. Lust is a sin. You're sinning, period. So you have to get away from that. I'll talk more about it at the end. Secondly, and I won't go into the deep tonight, but I would say this. Very difficult, and as you're a married couple, and you can write me or come talk to me about that later, but if you're unmarried, it's very, very difficult to practice masturbation without lust. Because no, most people will masturbate thinking about a person, an issue, Playboy magazine, whatever. They'll think about it. So there's lust involved. It's not just the physical part of the masturbation. Okay. Now, what about premarital sex? Well, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Pastor Mark, what, what about it? What's allowed? Remember, in 1 Corinthians 6, Paul's writing to a group from Rome, and the emperors themselves were either bisexual or homosexual. And so everything in the world kind of filtered in. So Paul had to write the same kind of warnings, just as it was like Oprah's show was on in Paul's day. Same deal. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. Do you not know that the wicked, and he's going to define the wicked, you'll see how broad it is in a moment, will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. This verse says, what happens in Vegas goes right to the throne of God. Oh, you might fool your wife or your husband. doesn't fool God. Be sure your sin will find you out. See, it's a lie from Satan through Vegas. Do not be deceived, neither the sexually moral, I'll talk about that in a moment, what that means, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, here we are again, 
third time, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers or swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Don't think, well, man, I'm a drunkard, but I'm not a sexually immoral. No, you've got a problem. We all have a problem. Liar, slander. They will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now look back in verse 9. What does it mean to be sexually immoral? That term, it's a term you all know, pornea, and it's where we get a word pornography from. What does it mean? A wide variety of sexual sin from A to Z. You name it. We read it already in Leviticus. Covers all of that, including sex before marriage. So prostitution, sensuality, incest, bestiality, fornication. Fornication is just sex before marriage, premarital sex, along with all kinds of sexual thoughts and all kinds of acts outside of marriage. Again, any intimate sexual activity outside the marriage relationship, including touching of intimate parts, is included in the term and is a sin. Look at 1 Corinthians 7, 2. But since there is so much immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. So here's what Paul's saying. Because there is this sexual drive that God put within us, let me just make a caveat for a second, God does design some people to be celibate for their whole life. It's a gift God gives. If you're here and you're saying, I don't want that gift, (laughs) then I can give you good news. God didn't give it to you. Most of us, huge percentage, way over 90%, have the sexual desire in us from our testosterone and all the hormones. God put within us a desire to have sexual relations with a woman or a man for life. And so everything that's done in the home, God says, here's my solution to the wonderful sexual drive I put in you. Do it after you've been married. Can't live together. Here's what we have. We have a whole generation of kids living together. All kinds of excuses. Cheaper, boom, 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 boom. The one I used before. Not sure if we're compatible. I already told you, you're compatible. Relax. Many other ways. And so what they say is this. Well, we really don't know. But see what happens. We've discovered, this is fact. If you live together with someone before you married, your chance of divorce is more than if you didn't. Now, why is that? Because you married somebody who was afraid to make a commitment to you in the first place. Ladies, don't ever sell yourself short. I don't care what the guy says. Tell him to go get a job. Do something. (laughs) Clean his own house. Whatever. (laughs) Ladies, don't sell yourself short. You'll be in our office crying and weeping. Now, if you're here and you're living together... We have a solution for you. We'll counsel you. We'll separate you. We'll get you on a path of premarital counseling, if that's necessary, whatever. You just come up, see me at the end of service, or Herb, one of our elders over here. We'll find a way to do it. It's wonderful. Don't be condemned at all. We do this routinely with people. If you do it God's way, it'll work. It always works. Do it God's way. Because there needs to be a commitment that's made. So understand uh, God's solution is for us to have, basically, a man and a wife together, and that's the solution to the sexual drive we have. Now, what about oral sex and friends with benefits? Let me read you some things. For many teens, the only form that they believe is sex 
is penetration. And anything else doesn't count as sex. You can have oral sex, many of our teenagers believe, and still be a virgin. Many students view this casual sexual activity as simply physical with no emotional or moral aspects. But I want to say to you, that is wrong. How anyone can be deceived into thinking giving or receiving oral sex is not intimate to the nth degree is simply how deceiving Satan is to us. Ephesians 5.3 says this. By the way, the latest new federal data found out that more than half our 15 to 19-year-olds have received or given oral sex. Half. Why? Somebody told them it wasn't sex. Ephesians 5.3 says, But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed because these are improper for God's people. A husband and wife in marriage, the marriage bed's undefiled. Husband and wife, anything a husband and wife want to do that's pleasing to both of them as adults is fine. For instance, oral sex is perfectly fine for married couples. And in fact, Song of Solomon has two particular passages that speak about oral sex. So some of you may have been raised with this thing, well, oral sex, isn't, even in a marriage, is dirty. It's not dirty. Not to a marriage couple. But oral sex outside of marriage is a sin, period. Now, you say, well, it's, it's not really penetration. It's not really this, not really that. Well, let me see if there's anything you can catch from oral sex. Chlamydia, gonorrhea, hepatitis A, herpes, HPV, warts, shingella, and syphilis. That's just the start. Now, why is that? Because God didn't design it to be that way. You see, you never know who you've been kissing, where their mouth's been. Let's just be honest. When you think about that, you need to think about that. See, our kids end up with all these things. Many of these, chlamydia and so forth, go on forever. And you have to tell your future spouse, well, I've got this. You'll see the commercials now. You see the nice commercials? Hey, take this drug. (laughs) When they discovered they had that, that's not what they were doing. (laughs) And it's disaster in their lives. Why? Because Satan makes it so. Back to Hebrews 13.4. Number three. Hebrews 13.4, look at the last part of it. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Here's our third key. God will judge Christ followers and unbelievers for sexually immoral lifestyles. In other words, if you're not repentant, God's going to judge us. So it's not like, well, Pastor Mark, it's a sin, big deal. No, 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 no. There's judgment coming. God will judge us. Now, he judges us lots of ways. Uh, Disease, broken families, mental, nervous afflictions, personality, deformations. You get pregnant. You have an abortion. Hard for you to get that thing out of your mind. God can do it, but hard. You see, he judges us lots of ways. 
And unless the sin or the lifestyle is pardoned through true repentance, eventually you'll be judged eternally for that. We read that back in 1 Corinthians 6. So it is hard to control our sex drives. It is difficult, but it simply means that we have to understand the good and the bad and that God will help us. We can have these fences around us. We can make a commitment to God. God will honor us. Look at this, 1 Corinthians 6. I'll read it to you quickly. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Run. Have moral fences. And I'll say this as your pastor. If you have HBO, Cinemax, and all that jazz on your TV, cancel it tomorrow morning. It should not be in your home. Lock it out. Don't send your kids, and don't you go to R-rated movies. You're feeding your mind garbage. You should never watch half the programs we have on television. You just can't watch them anymore. Because they're nothing filled with affairs, adultery, sexuality, all this stuff. That feeds all of our minds. You say, well, that's prudish. No, run from it. Be smart. Verse 19, don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, lives in you, is given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God brought you at a high price. So you must honor God with your body. See, God gives you the power to say no to sexual impurity. I want to give you one more lie, and I'm going to close. There's another lie that comes from Satan. Here's the lie. Your sexual sins and your sexual history cannot be forgiven by God. That's a lie. 1 Corinthians 6, 11, you see it on the overhead, is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. The verses before this spoke about the adulterer, fornicator, homosexual, all those sins, Drunkard, everybody. Look what it says. And this is what some of you, say it with me, were. It's past tense. But you were washed, you were sanctified, set apart, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Here's an article. The headline of this article says this. I've already had sex, so it's too late for me. That's a lie from the pit of hell. It is not too late for you. Now, I want to end with this verse again. God's will is for you to be holy, sanctified, set apart, different. So stay away from all sexual sin. God will empower you to do it. Two more things. When Jesus came, they gave him the name Jesus. You know what it said? He will save his people from their sins. Do you remember the story one day? The Pharisees brought a woman caught in the very act of adultery. They brought him to Jesus, getting ready to stone her. You know the whole story. Jesus says, who's going to throw the first stone? If you're without sin, go ahead. Eventually he looked up all the stones had dropped. He said to the woman, where's the accusers? She looked up surprised and he expected to be killed. And there was no one there. You know what Jesus said? I don't accuse you either. Now go and sin no more. Today, Pastor Mark taught about God's creative norms for sex. 
why anything other than married, monogamous, heterosexual sex is sin. He talked about the greatness of marriages when both partners are trying to be the best husband and wife possible. You were reminded that although sex is pleasurable, there are consequences for doing it outside of God's plan. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This brings us to the end of Pastor Mark's teaching, Sex, Inside and Outside of Marriage. We hope that it was a blessing to you and that you were reminded that God always wants the best for you. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin a new study called, Ah, Contentment. He will be tackling the issues of restlessness and our desire to always want something else. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living. Together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting